It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One goal to win the title. It's as simple as that. Could it happen? Balotelli, Aguero! And Mo Farah's coming down the straightway. And he's going to be attacked by... By Deborah Meskel and Mo Farah's got the double. He's the Olympic champion again. Two to win. It's got through. It's got to go to the keeper's end. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. By the barest of all margins. Watch the ball, the sports coach says. It's one of the first things they tell you. Why do you think you missed that one, he says. Because you took your eye off the ball. Watch it all the way. You can even lip-read batsmen saying it to themselves as the bowl is running in. Owen Morgan, for instance. Watch the ball, right onto the bat. But have you ever tried to actually do that? Welcome to the Barest of Margins podcast with me, Simon Hughes. This is the show that delves deeply into the world of sport to discover how athletes and sports players derive marginal gains from the specialist trainers and scientists they work with or the innovative techniques or strategies they use in an attempt to realise their dreams. Today's guest might help anyone, not just elite sports players. It's Dr Cheryl Calder, or the Eye Lady, as she's often called, a sports scientist and specifically a visual performance coach who's enhanced the visual awareness of a string of sports teams and individuals down the years, notably England's 2003 Rugby World Cup winning team, the Springboks, England cricketers, a number of golfers, Formula One drivers, and most recently the South African batsman Faf Duplessis, who'd had a horrible run of form in 2020, but after a few sessions with Dr Calder, ended up as the leading run scorer in the 2021 Indian Premier League. Now, going back to that challenge to watch the ball right onto the bat, Dr Calder would have been the first to tell any batsman that it's impossible. An 80 mile an hour delivery, an average pace for a fast bowler, takes about half a second to travel the length of the pitch. That's a speed of almost 12 feet, or 3.65 metres, per tenth of a second. But rapid eye movements, called saccades, 
take about 0.3 of a second for the brain to generate and process. In other words, refocusing your eyes takes about a third of a second. So, in the case of an 80 mile an hour delivery, by the time your eyes have zeroed in on the ball, it will be in a different place. So, how do elite batsmen manage to play those fast deliveries? Practice can only take you part of the way. Dr Calder can train you to use all your visual faculties and response mechanisms more effectively. She is quick to point out, however, that her work is far more intricate than merely helping athletes improve their eyesight. If you enjoy this podcast, please like it and tell your friends and maybe give us a review on iTunes. So this is Dr Cheryl Calder, otherwise known as the Eye Lady. I don't work on eyesight at all. Um, in fact, you can go anywhere and have your eyes tested and get that information. Uh, the work that I do is unique because it, it's got nothing to do with eyesight. And I'll, I'll give you an example later in the talk about Donald Bradman, for example. But um, I, I work with how the eyes take information in. And you can imagine a ball, a batsman with a ball coming at them at whatever speed. It's how you take that information in. So um, I call them input skills. Um, and then importantly, it's not only about seeing where the ball's coming and the speed and judging all of that. It's also about how quickly the brain can process that information and then tell the body what to do. You know, the, the processing skills and then the response, um, be it a batsman, be it someone catching, be it someone bowling, fielding, you know, whatever you're doing in cricket, the eyes have first got to take that information in and process it and respond in some kind of way. So that's, as I say, I've worked with guys with good eyesight who've had bad visual skills, and I've worked with guys with um, bad eyesight who've got good skills. So it's really not dependent on your eyesight. It's dependent on how you take information in. And how uh, simply do you improve those response skills? What are your techniques? Yeah, I've, I've found, I realised in my research, these are the skills you need. And I've, over time... Initially, I used to work manually with players and try and train them, but then I realized that um, it's too slow and too antiquated to do it in that way. And I then created a, an eye gym training program, just like you have a gym program for your body. I have a gym program for your eyes and your brain and your motor skills and also decision-making under pressure. And I've put all the stuff I've learned over years of working with different teams, coaches, cultures, sports etc and I, I realized this is what players need um, I've put that into a training into a gym program so I've built a gym specifically for these skills and it's accessible to anyone in the world because we really work all over the world you know every country really and players can train anywhere um, that's how it's evolved from me having to go there and train the individual manually to giving you a training program and then maybe catching up with you later because part of the training I do as well is to teach the individual how to best use his system and I believe that every single player has a unique system and they have strengths and weaknesses in that system just like you do in the physical system identify those for you and then I, I coach you and train you to perform better really. I remember um, a story about the England rugby team of 2003 who obviously won the, the World Cup and you work with them there on their sort of spatial awareness. Is that a, yeah. one way of describing it? And, and how did you do that? Again, identify the skills, take the individual, improve his basic skills, and then coach them how to use those skills on the field. So we, we actually presume that the elite 
player is good at all this stuff. And actually, they're not. So there would be um, a player, so if you use rugby as an example, who has really got good awareness in his peripheral um, and been able to respond quickly. And then there might be a player who doesn't. And then the other one has a good ability to judge. The other one has ability to react better. Another guy reacts slower. And, you know, so I just identifying these individual skills because it's really about the individual, working with the individual and not the group because everyone is unique. And I think that's really been the crux of my success is identifying the individual needs and strengths and weaknesses and improving them, him or her. So, so what techniques have you found work the best? I mean, you've done been doing this obviously for 20 plus years. And, you know, I mentioned the, the England Rugby World Cup in 2003, the Rugby World Cup triumph in 2003. Uh, it's That's nearly 20 years ago now. So you must have discovered new methods that work more effectively, such as, such as what? Yeah, no, I mean, not really. I mean, the core, my, my core PhD was to identify all this and show that it, it, you can improve these skills because people originally thought you're born with these abilities and they're not, and I've shown that they're trainable. So obviously technology has helped and I can now send a training program to anyone in the world. And, and again, that, that technology of that training program has improved as well. You know, I, I can include a whole lot of different movements and scenarios, et cetera, which I couldn't do 20 years ago. So the technology is really um, what has improved drastically. The core coaching still remains the same. You know, individual still needs to, or the player still needs to take in information in a certain way and at a certain speed, process it at a certain speed and accurately, and then uh, get the hands to respond to whatever's happening, hands and feet and the body, really. If that answers your question, Sam. Yes, and no, it does. And and I'm going to move it on by saying that uh, I remember Andy Flower, the, the, the well-known Zimbabwean batsman who, of course, then coached England to, to great success. Uh, he talked about uh, when he trained himself to bat and to wicketkeep, he would often stand uh, in Zimbabwe, in his home country, watching a bird fly through the sky and follow it until it literally had disappeared. Uh, of, uh, you know, a fast flying bird flitting mm. about until it was a speck in, in the sky. And I also read that you felt that people spending too much time looking at computers is bad for their general kind of you know perception and eyesight. Mm. So can you give us some examples of simple techniques that you that you apply to, to individual needs? Yeah, so, I mean, just to come back to what Andy did was makes absolute sense. Um, but um, for me, uh, if I, uh, the ability he was training or doing was tracking, you know, depending on the speed of the bird. So they're different skills, they're different eye movement skills. But I imagine if it wasn't flying too fast, he was tracking it. And that's equivalent to a ball being bowled at you. So he was training the tracking skill. Um, but what I've added in is even though you, you're tracking something, you've still got to base, make a decision. So say, for example, I'm batting and the ball's coming towards me. Um, I need to track the ball effectively, but I still need to make a decision where I'm going to play it and put my hands and put my feet, et cetera. So I train um, decision-making, which I think is crucial. And I train decision-making under pressure, which the elite athlete, elite player deals with on a, on a daily basis. But it's a very hard skill to train. So I train that ability. Um, 
And we just, um, the, the other skill when training in the RGM, what you're doing, you, you're responding to the unexpected. So it's easy to do the regular stuff. And I know this is going to happen. I can do that and that. But it's the unexpected ball that gets you out, isn't it? Um, or some kind of skill that you're not doing effectively. So, for example, tracking a ball. Your eyes start getting tired. You don't track effectively. It means you either see the ball late or et cetera. And then you play the wrong shot. So um, what I've added in is that training for the unexpected um, and the ability to make a decision under pressure while using all these visual skills, which are crucial for, for playing the game of cricket or, or whatever you're involved in. And so how do you train those responses under pressure? What, what is the, what's the system? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a system called Arjun, the training program, and it trains those four components, how you take information in, how you process it in the brain, how you respond. So there's a response mechanism that we use on the, um, if you're training on an iPad or a computer um, or a laptop, whatever you, you're working on, and then decision-making under pressure. So in a, in a 10-minute session of, of training in the gym or in the iGym, you would probably make about 500 decisions based on something you haven't seen before. Now, you can imagine if you, if you train that ability, that input process, respond, decision-making, and you do that 500 times, um, and you train it at a level which is way higher than you experience on the on the field of play, then we're getting a player to perform really at the you know at the top of his performance or her performance. So again, it's about the individual. So it's about really going to the gym and improving those skills. And we believe that if you haven't trained these skills, you're underperforming. And um, throughout my career, I've worked with some of the best players and the best Formula One drivers. And when I assess them, I still find these strengths and weaknesses in their system. Because we presume, and probably I did in my young days, I presume that if you are at the top of your game, that you're good at everything. But actually, you're not. So in this system that I train, you're actually not, unless you've trained it specifically. And, and is the iGym something that is downloadable? Um, you know, obviously, you know, you pay a fee or something and you get uh, something sort of straight away to your, so you could start it sort of pretty much Im immediately. Or do you need your kind of expertise and counselling first? Okay, so originally it was only available to the elite players that I was dealing with. But then I started getting requests from all over the world. Can we, can we train? Can we do? How do you do this? And eventually got to where on iGym.com, we now have a training program that you can subscribe to. It's a four-week training program, and you can sub subscribe uh, based on your level of performance, your age, et cetera. There's a basic assessment that gets done, and then a training program gets assigned accordingly. So anyone can do it. Um, and I think, um, I think the important message, I know we're talking cricket, um, everyone should be doing it. Because um, you mentioned earlier that, you know, all the mobile devices that we that we've spend so much time on, and in the COVID period, even more than ever, um, the eyes were never designed to do that. You know, they're designed to move and look around and look for and et cetera. And at the moment, we're just in here all the time and mm. we too close and there's no judgment there's no awareness there's no uh, decision making uh, we're distracted because we're going from one thing to the other so we're detraining the skills that you actually need for cricket and we're detraining the skills we actually need um, as a human being for life really 
yeah. as for life. Yeah. So I think mm. everyone should be doing it. Um, kids are probably more vulnerable now than ever before. Um, I think they should all be doing it because we're not using our our system in the way it was designed for. So we're almost boxing it in and saying, okay, still perform to your potential, even though we've put us in this little box. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Specifically for cricket, um, I've done a bit of research myself on eye movement. Um, I actually went and faced um, a bowling machine, uh, and I also put myself uh, against a test match player. I'd retired by then and wasn't the best batsman anyway, and I matched myself um, against uh, the skills of a test match player, both of us wearing these special glasses which looked at our retina, to see what we were looking at yeah. and I know that there is this uh, aspect of your eyes called saccades which is to do with rapid eye movement and that you can't yeah. track a ball of 80 miles an hour all the yeah. way through so yeah. you have to sort of pick your moments your eyes yeah. your brain picks the moments as the ball is passing down yeah. where to focus on and yeah. the better players seem to be further ahead of that ball or being able to premeditate where that ball will be mm. rather than the lesser abled players like mm. me who were sort of behind mm. the ball's path uh, as we mm. focused on it. So yeah. it, firstly, is that correct? And secondly, how do you train? How do you improve that part of your skill? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So there are those two movements that the eyes do. They do the tracking movement and they do um, the saccades. Um, and I call them in simple terms, tracking is a following movement, just to make it simple for, for people to understand. And saccades, I call them eye jumps. So the eyes, the eyes do two things. So the ball's coming at me uh, and it's moving towards me. I'm trying to track it. When it moves too quickly, what the eyes do, they do an anticipatory jump to where they think the ball's going to be. And then you, you would play the shot. If, for example, that tracking movement is too slow, and I should have already done the saccade or done the jump. You can imagine the consequences. And I'm, I'm talking fine margins, you know, um, and vice versa. So the tracking is good enough, but the saccade is too slow to get to where the point is before I have to play the ball. Um, I'm also going to mistime the shot, etc. So that's absolutely true. Um, so you wouldn't have been bad at saccades just because um, you were bad at them. It would just be a skill you didn't develop well enough. And the top order batsmen would develop those skills better. 
But if they train them specifically, they could develop them even even better than that. And how do you do that? So so how do you do that? So in the iGym, I have certain drills which are designed for cricket players. And they all need those skills. They all need the pursuit or the tracking and the jump skills. They all need that and then still need need to base a decision on that. They need eye-hand coordination. They need... um, ability to judge, et cetera, the ability to read line and length. And those are all trainable skills within the iGym. But um, as I mentioned, the other component is actually working with the individual and teaching him about his system. And I, I did an interesting, oh, quite a long time ago, I did a, um, at Loughborough, I did a, um, a batting course with Bob Wilmer. And not to mention any names, he was one of England's top um, opening batsmen in that in that presentation. And I remember his words to me, he said, I'm so sorry I didn't meet you earlier because there are some core basic skills, which if I could teach you about it early, it would improve your performance, which which people aren't really coached about. Um, And wherever I've worked in cricket, lots of people are like, really, does that really, is that really like that? And if you start thinking about it logically, it's correct, you know. Um, so that's the other part of my work. But I can't work with you if your visual motor decision-making system isn't fit enough. So I would train these tracking skills and I'll train the jump skills and I'll still put them under pressure and I'll still make you want to make a decision. So it's this real, real-world scenario that I train about 500 times in 10 minutes you know, on, on the basic program. In some programs, you can probably make about 800 decisions per training session. Now, you can imagine if you do that, you must get out there and feel, oh, the ball's coming at me slower or something like that. You know, we see the ball that big, you know, the concept that people often talk about. You mentioned Donald Bradman at the start. And, of course, he yes. famously practised with a stump and a golf ball yes. bouncing yes. off an irregular surface, uh, yes. obviously thousands of times. Yeah, Is your eye gym and your systems partly a sort of virtual version of what Bradman did. Yeah, that was really a innovative, antiquated way of doing it, but it worked at that time. And the other part of the story that I actually want to add in that was that uh, Bradman was in the war um, and he was, uh, his eyes were tested. I, I, I speak under correction, it was presumed that he wanted to become a pilot and they tested his eyes, his eyesight, and they failed him and said, sorry, you can't. And then he had, what did he have, 105 test average after 15 tests or something like that. And which That's tells true, you yeah. Yeah. It's, not about, it's not about sight. It's about how you see the ball. So what Bradman was actually training was um, I think he threw the ball on corrugated iron and the ball would always come differently, like I said, the unexpected. It would always come off differently. And having a, a smaller bat as a cricket stump, his accuracy – um, was trained to a much higher level than expected on the field of play. And it makes absolutely sense that he was the best batsman in his era. And I know actually Andy Flower uh, used a similar system, in fact. And of course, you know, there's examples of batsmen, Jeff Boycott's one, whose eyesight wasn't that good. Obviously, he had to wear glasses. Um, yeah. There have been others that worn contact lenses. So it shows that it's not all about eyesight as such, as you're, mm-hmm. as you're saying. Um, yeah. What, what else um, in cricket could be a uh, benefit from your expertise? I suppose fielding would be one thing. Yeah, yeah fielding, important. Um, you know, 
judging on what you see, not what you think you see. I mean, I see so many catches missed where someone thinks the batsman going to do that um, and then misjudges. I see balls going over guys' heads because they jump too early or too late. You know, those are all judgment skills. That's the ability to judge where the ball's coming off the bat and what height it's, and trajectory it's going at. Those are all trainable skills. So by training all these different visual performance skills, you're actually training that ability. And for bowlers, I believe, um, putting the ball in the right place, uh, which you see now, I'm not sure, is it worse today than it's been in the past or is it just the nature of, of the game? But I think um, that ability is a trainable ability and um, for bowlers, batsmen reading line and length, which is crucial. Um, so it plays a role in absolutely every miscatches. I mean, how many of that do we see nowadays? Um, and you, you're uh, convinced that you, just to play devil's advocate, you're convinced yes. that you could, uh, you know, a fielder who sort of looks a bit, that there's fielders you call, uh, we, we term, have electric hands and the ball sort of yes. tends to bounce off them or they get into the yes. position too late or whatever. Yes. You, you yes. are convinced that you could improve that. Absolutely. Absolutely, because your eyes are telling you where to put your hands. So it's not that, I know in cricket, I, when I used to lecture, I used to talk about hard hands and soft hands. Soft hands is really being able to judge correctly exactly if the ball is tracked correctly or whatever you, skill you have to use in getting it into your hands. If, you, if your hands are hard, it actually means you're not seeing the ball land when it should land. It's, you know, it's either too early or too late or you know, whatever you're judging, however you're judging it. It's an absolute trainable skill. And I've done, I've got real life examples of people I've worked with and how it's improved that ability. And and batting wise, you, you've, yes. you've got it, you know, recent experience with, you know, top players that have, you think have benefited from, from what yeah. you've done. Well, my, my very early, not early days, but the beginning of my science, I, um, I worked with Pakistan and Saeed Anwar was the opening bat. And um, I worked quite a lot with him. And he, um, there were, he had a player that, he, uh, that he, really, he really battled to pick up what he was bowling at Mira Litteran, which I think had a um, unique style anyway, which is not normal for the eye of a cricketer because it's something different. It's almost that unexpected that I spoke about earlier. So I just worked with Saeed. We picked up a skill he wasn't good at and worked with him and he, um, he actually never got him out again. Just because we identified the skill, we improved the skill and then trained him to pick up that information better. And he, he never got him out again. So that was Saeed. And there are there lots of others that I could mention. Believe it or not, although I wasn't a very good batsman, I have actually written a book about batting. And okay. um, it's called Who Wants to Be a Batsman? And I've sort of used a lot of information that I've gathered over the years from personal experience and also talking to other players and um, yeah. one of the things that I picked up on was what to focus on when the bowl yes. is running in. So right. uh, some players, actually Strauss was one, said mm. uh, he just looked at a general area as the bowl was running in. Others, mm. like Ricky Ponting, said I actually looked at the ball and trying to read the writing on the ball mm. and obviously see where the seam was. Uh, mm. He said he looked at the ball three times during the run-up uh, others said they looked at the ball all the way through the run-up. Um, mm -hmm. Others said they just focused on the delivery point and so on. So yeah. um, I, I, I suppose is that part of what you're saying, that each individual has their own method, but you, you, you work with that to, to an extent, but mm -hmm. 
but there's probably a a, a happy medium in the middle there somewhere. There is. There is a happy medium. Um, everyone is everyone is individual, but I, I I think though Simon, what's important to what I found throughout my work is that players get into bad habits, and whatever pushes them, the different scenarios that pushes them into those bad habits. So, um, and if I pick up the ball too late, doesn't matter what I do, I'm going to be too late. You know, or I'm I'm not going to judge correctly or play the shot correctly. So there is there is a happy medium um, that that I believe the eyes can handle, um, and uh, you know that's what I would coach players, and then we'd individualize it according to where he bats, et cetera, et cetera. It sounds like you could be busy here. Um, I, have you got have you got assistance? I mean, is this all just you? <laughs> At the moment, it is. Yes, I've, um, I have a, a colleague who deals with. I think Chrissy. Um, liaised with you, Simon, who assists me in all of this. Um, but when it comes down to coaching, it's really, you know, what, what I've learned. And, um, even before I learned all this stuff, I just believe that's how it works. So as a kid, when I was really young, I was challenged about how do you do, how do you judge, you know, where do you see the ball and all those kind of stuff. And I used to experiment even before I went to school with all this stuff. And then, then obviously played a bit of hockey for South Africa, and, and realize that these are actually true, but no one's talking about them or training them. Um, so it's always been part of what I do. And then just now putting it into a system which is access, accessible to everyone in the world. So um, it's mm -hmm. it's all logical. I've done the research. I've proven it in performance. Um, I know how the human body works. And it's just about, it's an exciting way of, if you can in 10 minutes of our gym, make 500 decisions, with your eyes and your brain based on something you haven't seen before. Imagine how you can accelerate the performance. Now, I know the Bradman's trained with um, a stump and a, you know, and a corrugated iron, but you imagine how many you have to do to really push up your performance. So in 10 minutes of our gym, you can do a couple of thousand decisions, you know. So imagine how exciting that is. I mean, if I was a player, I, I wish I had that when I was younger because I used to do it manually, like Bradman and those guys, you know. Me too. Yeah, I wish I had as well. Um, and you said you work with Formula One, so and Formula One drivers. Are there um, things that you work with with them that I suppose would be applicable to facing a fast ball? So there's a skill called um, visual recognition, and it's the ability to pick up information earlier. And the earlier you pick it up, the more time you have. And we've seen the batsmen who have more time to play shots. I mean, one name always comes to mind for me is Tendulkar. Um, but in Formula One, we, we've worked with a couple of drivers. And in, in one of them, we picked up that his ability to pick up information early was not near up to standard. But he was racing in Formula One. But what the human being does, you make yourself better at the skills you're good at. And the ones you're not good at, you just use less and less. But the comes a situation in a race where you need that skill if you don't have it you crash you know and formula one it's a lot more dangerous than you know fielding or bowling or batting etc so pick that up with him and um we brought him out for a three formula one and we we still work with him so um no one would have picked up that ability and he would have always been a really good driver 
up to a point, but if you're lacking certain skills and recognition is one of the big skills you need to pick up that information early and respond, um, maybe we've pushed him to a level beyond what he would have been. You know, and that's really, do you want to do that? Or do you want to do what you always did or, and get what you always got, you know, or do you want to push your game to another level? So to sort of sum up, um, you know, in cricket, using the iGym uh, to, to start with would be, uh, well, to try it out, I suppose, you, you'd recommend that. Um, what, what kind of impact do you think you can have on, on an individual player? Um, I always remember, I mean, uh, to give you a simple example, if I go back to rugby in England, rugby 2003 World Cup, um, I remember what Johnny Wilkinson said. I asked him how did, how did our gym and the work I did impact his game, and he says he used to always get the ball and make a decision. So he would pass or kick or run or, you know, whatever. He says he now got the ball and he had three decisions and he chose the best one. And if you remember what happened at the end of that World Cup, you know, he, had, he got the ball and had three Australian players running down on him and he, he actually kicked the ball off his right foot, which is his non-dominant foot. Probably would have tried his dominant foot. And I would imagine those guys would have come under pressure. Um, but that ability to make the right decision at the right time um, under, you know, under pressure. So I've really just done some work with Faf de Plussy, who got injured in, um, in one of the games. And he's been, he's been out for 11 weeks. And he was going to play in the 100 and wasn't able to. And then came back to South Africa and did a bit of work with him, put him on our gym. And um, he went off to the CPL a week later. So I wasn't able to work with him one-on-one, only in one session, but I could give him our gym and know that he would be training these abilities and went off to the CPL. He's, in one game, I think he scored 84, another one he scored 120 after being out of the game for 11 weeks. Yeah, and he's just, um, yeah, he did well two evenings ago again. So, yeah, so, so it's taking a player that's been injured or been out of the game, in, enhancing his fitness, accelerating his visual motor fitness as quick as I can to get him ready for the game. So, um, yeah, so that's, that, that's a, a recent example. That's a very good example as mm -hmm. well. Well, I mean, that must be uh, very satisfying. Um, and, uh, I mean, have you that, – that sounds like a great great way to finish, really, but do you have a, you have a sort of message to, to cricketers – um, from from you? Yeah, I'd like, I mean, I, I would always want to be better than I was last year or last season. And by training these skills, I will make you a better player. But it's a, you got to, you got to train to make yourself better. So you're actually underperforming. And do you want to be better as a cricketer? Do you want to go the extra mile? And if you do, there's a, a, a really scientific proven way of improving performance um, if I was a, a young cricketer or an old one for that matter I would want to improve my game and there's an easy way to do it and it's not a thumb suck or anything we have thousands and thousands of elite athletes and players in our back end we have all that data and all the training programs get built on real people um, results and information and the program the training program adapts in that kind of way. Well, it's been fascinating listen, listening to you, and um, we certainly should recommend the iGym. 
So how do people access it? It's quite easy. You go to igym.com. And when you go onto the website, there's a little assessment that you can do and, and it will send you the information and you can um, straight away um, get the status of, of your um, iGym fitness. Um, and if need be, you can sign up to your training program. It would be a generic one initially, but there is a, an option to get hold of us and we would design a bespoke program for mostly our elite athletes and players. Well, I hope you found that as revealing and insightful as I did. That was Dr. Cheryl Calder. And if you want to know more, you can go to igym.com, which has all sorts of success stories and testimonies and information about how to get on the iGym. So that's igym.com. And maybe we can all enhance our visual awareness in whatever we do. My next guest on the Barrister of Margins podcast is the man who was instrumental in helping England's cricketers deal with their fear of failure during the 2019 World Cup and in the end was very significant in them actually winning the trophy. So that's my next guest on the Barrest of Margins podcast and don't forget my other podcast, The Analyst Inside Cricket, looking back in every day's play in England test matches and generally being a review of activities and events in the cricket world. Hope you can join me and Simon Mann for those podcasts. Meantime, thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.